Agenda-setting conversations of the day. You're with SAFM, seven minutes now to seven the time. I don't know if you've been past the Hartabia Sport Dam recently, just outside Swane. There seem to be some changes, you know, the green covering the water hyacinth, which has been a big problem in that dam for many, many years. There's some indications that it's actually now beginning to reduce quite dramatically. There's been proper treatment there. But it's just one symptom of how we don't treat our dams and water resources properly. And remember the Vaal Dam, the Vaal River, where we were pumping raw sewage because of the problems at, I think it was Mohale City. Dr. Bill Harding is a, consulted, a consultant ecologist. There's doctorates both in aquatic science and public law. He joins us now. Dr. Harding, good morning and thanks for your time. Good morning, Stephen, and thank you for the opportunity to chat to you. I mentioned the water hyacinth example in the Heart of Beersport Dam because it's such an evocative image. You see people actually driving over the bridge and literally throwing their litter out of their cars and sitting on top of the water. I mean, it's amazing. We've had raw sewage being pumped into the Vile River. How are we treating our water resources? I mean, it seems like we're just dumping them, dumping things there. Yeah, Stephen, it's it's a problem that's been coming for a long, long time. The and and by problem I mean the the incorrect use or the incorrect treatment of wastewater effluents, because the problem is all coming from wastewater treatment works that are not treating the effluent to a to a state which won't affect the downstream artificial lakes that we have. In South Africa, most of South Africa wouldn't be here if we didn't have all these dams that are supporting our economy. So we have all this waste continually going, and it's not, in, as I said, it's not a new realization. We've known this since the late 1950s, when the department, the end department of water and, and irrigation, irrigation and water, I forget what it was called, promulgated the first rules for restricting the amount of phosphorus in wastewater influence. That was in 1962. And, and it's been coming from then, and we just haven't got our heads around it. So then um, some things are obvious, right? Don't pump raw sewage into a dam. I mean, and that comes through failure. We've seen the same thing in Etiquini, of course, and that raw sewage has then ended up um, in, the, in, in the ocean, in some cases on the beaches. Um, and all of this is about managing water properly. There's been huge conversations about managing water properly over the last year or so. Um, and there'll be green drop and blue drop reports soon. Um, I'm not convinced I'm seeing any change. I mean, I was astonished to see in Business Day today an ANC MP calling for public-private partnerships in the management of water. I don't know how the private sector would get involved. What I'm trying to get to is, do you detect any change of attitude to our public water systems? No, I don't, unfortunately. I see it uh, I've been in this game for 40-odd years now, and I've just seen a sustained almost willful attempt to ignore the cause. We know what the cause is, the National Water Resource Strategy, especially the second edition of it, which was extremely truthful and and transparent, states exactly where the problem is coming from and what needs to be done. In other words, we have to treat it at source. But what we continually see is these cosmetic effects being undertaken at the other end, down in the dam. That's not where it's supposed to be done. And uh, allied to this then, over many years, has been this abuse and misuse of public money. It's just been pointless and wasteful because we, we treat the cosmetic symptoms for a while, uh, seem to be doing something, and then the problem just recycles. And it's been recycling. Look, Hartbeer's put down, you mentioned that one. That, that impoundment or that reservoir, that man-made lake, was a global example of the problems that eutrophication, uh, which is nutrient enrichment, um, cause and people came from all over the world at that time often in the 1970s and 80s to learn about 
this problem and go back and apply the, the findings in their own countries. We, we still sit with a problem. Uh, you mentioned sewage. It's, it's not just the raw sewage. We know that there's about 20 million liters completely bypassing the sewer system every day and going straight into receiving waters, into streams and, and, and rivers. It's, it's not just that. It's Even if all our wastewater treatment works were working to the standards which are set by the Department of Water and Sanitation, we'd still have this problem because those standards are useless, to be quite honest. They don't, they're, they're based on the wrong premise. They're based on a premise of measuring the concentration of a pollutant rather than the load. And each of these reservoir lakes, no matter who it is, Alamans, Kral, Bronkostpreit, Hartbeespoort, Klipfoort, they've all got a, an assimilable capacity, which when you go past that capacity, you start to get these eutrophication problems. That's why they're all in this mess. Okay. Um, and that fundamental is being ignored. So then, um, obviously, to try and start to fix this, I mean, a lot of it, it seems to me, obviously, it comes back to the authorities. Um, and if I remember the sort of system correctly, the National Department is in charge of about 20 dams. But this actually boils down to probably councils, right? It's probably at the council level that all of this is going wrong, certainly in Mokhale City's case and Etiquini's case as well. Yes, you, you, you're right to, to an extent, but I think guidance has to come it's a local competency, yeah, you're quite right. But the guidance has to come from the top in this instance because that, that guidance has completely dissipated. But having said that, there are some of the the upper end, the top-notch uh, local authorities, Cape Town, uh, uh, water utilities like Amgani Water, that know this. But why aren't they building a better sewage treatment works? Why are they just continuing to conform to these inadequate standards? They know they're inadequate. They know the damage that it's causing, but they don't. No one's trying to build a lighthouse and say, look, we, we're doing it better. We, we're building a better mousetrap and, and, and so on. So, yeah, it's, but the, I think that this problem, we can't just evolve it. And that, this is what happens all the time. It's, it's, people say it's a local competency, but there's no structured guidance and governance regulation and f coming, from, coming from above. And that's where it's collapsed. Dr. Bill Harding, thank you very much indeed. So much more to talk about, and I'm sure we'll do that in the future. Dr. Bill Harding is a professional aquatic ecologist and, uh, as you can see, an expert on wetlands as well. He's an environmental law specialist. Well, we'll look at that issue more in the future, but an important warning there.